0: Somebody shout hallelujah. Somebody shout hallelujah. The glory of the Lord is in this house. What Jesus can do is like any other. Nobody can touch you like Jesus. Nobody can heal and save and move you like Jesus. There's something about praise that sets the atmosphere for God to do the miracles. And I believe tonight, young people, because of your praise and your worship in this house, that anything is possible because he said, I will abide. I'll enthrone myself in the praises of my people. Praise God. Praise God. It's so good to be with you all tonight and in this great state of Arkansas. As you return to your seats just Remain resting on your feet for a few minutes. I'm going to get right to the word of the Lord in just a moment. But I I do want to take a moment before I dive in to say thank you. Uh, Thank you for allowing me to be here in this great, wonderful holiday youth convention. I'm excited to be in Arkansas again. Every time I come, I always feel a wonderful, welcoming uh, atmosphere from uh, all of you. So thank you for making me feel at home. Thank you for uh, inviting my family and allowing them to be with me. Thank you for allowing us to be here. We're just excited in these next few nights. I know that God is going to do some wonderful things in your life, and I'm excited. We're going to have a great time together in the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> now, I know that while you're getting to your seat, while you're making your way to your seat, and these next few nights we're going to get to know one another. I, many of you may not even know who I am, and that's alright. My name is not as important as the most wonderful name of Jesus. And if you know Him, it'll make all the difference in your life. That's really that all that makes the difference. So, I know we're going to get to, to know each other a little bit better. I know we just came out of Christmas, but to help my message tonight, And just out of the good kindness of my heart, I wanted to give everybody, uh, every student in here a gift. So I'm going to ask those, I don't know who brought them here, but I want to give everybody a gift here tonight. It's a plastic fork. You're welcome. You're welcome. I feel like a Holy Ghost filled Mr. Beast right now. Everybody gets a fork. Is anybody videoing this? We need this video. Yes, everybody's getting a fork right here. This is going to be a viral video right here. No, I don't think so. I want you to grab that fork, now now don't poke yourself, don't poke your neighbor, just hold on to your fork, I just want you to hold on to your fork, and hopefully that'll have some meaning to you by the time that I get done preaching tonight, but there you go, you can't say I never gave you anything, I at least gave you a plastic fork, so hold on to your plastic fork. While they're passing those out, thank you so much for getting those forks to them, Uh, I just. Again, wanna give honor to your district leadership, uh, to your district superintendent, Pastor Gaddy and First Lady Gaddy, I give you honor tonight. Thank you so much for letting me be in your district and preach to your wonderful young people. These are, are people of tremendous integrity and character and leadership, and they have greatly impacted our generation. And I know that you already know this, But you are blessed with some wonderful district leadership in Arkansas. And I give the Gaddies honor and all of the district board. I give them honor tonight. And of course, Brother Jackson, thank you so much for inviting me to come. I am so thankful to be here. I didn't tell him this before I walked up here. That's one of the toughest names, Austin Jackson. I mean, that just should make the demons tremble right there. That... I love his name, I love his spirit, and he's such a great leader and I give him honor tonight. Thank you for letting me come tonight, Brother Jackson, I appreciate you. Brother Lumpkins, so good to meet you, Brother Gonzalez. so good to meet you. And I am excited about sharing this convention with Brother Updegrey. This is our first time meeting, but I already like him. I mean, he smiles just about as much as I do. And uh, we're just gonna have a great time together. And I, I promise you, I can't wait to hear him speak in the morning. I know the Holy Ghost is gonna speak some good things to us. And so I'm delighted uh, to be with him tonight. I know I have a lot of friends here in Arkansas. I'm not gonna begin to name names, but you know who you are, all two of you. And I just wanna say, now it's probably more than two, but there's a lot of friends here and I'm just so thankful to see you again. And uh, some of you went to New Life when you lived in Missouri and it's good to see what God's doing through your life here in Missouri. So I give you honor tonight. And again, just lastly, before I go to the Word, let me say how good it is to have my family with me. My wife, Brianna and Breeley Reagan and Gentry are with me. My three teenagers, thank you for letting my family come. I'm so delighted that they're here. I told Brother Gaddy, I preach so much better when my family is here. You all are in for a treat. You don't even know it. Since my family is here, I'm telling you, it's about to happen tonight. So thank you for letting them come. I hope y'all had a wonderful Christmas, wonderful time together. Are you ready for the word of the Lord tonight? Are you ready to hear what the Spirit is going to say to the church? All right, I've already given you a gift. Now I want to take you to one verse of Scripture. So if you've got your Bibles or your devices, turn to Jeremiah chapter 29 and verse 11. This is one verse of my life verses. This is one of the verses that means so much to me. Many of you could probably quote it but I want to read this one verse of Scripture in your hearing before I preach the Word of the Lord to you tonight. The Lord speaks through the prophet Jeremiah to the remnants that are in Babylon and he says for I know the thoughts that I think toward you saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace not of evil to give you an expected end. Another translation says, to give you a future and a hope. That's the kind of God that we're serving tonight. The kind of God that has good thoughts towards you. He's got thoughts of peace. He has thoughts of a future and a good hope for you tonight and so I've come with a good word for you young people on this very first night I have come to dispel and to drive out every demonic voice that has speaking to you that's been trying to whisper in your ear and tell you it's over that it's done that God has nothing better for you that you've messed up so much that you could never be anything for God I have come to kick the devil in the teeth tonight and let him know and remind him that greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Is anybody ready to put a stomping on the enemy tonight and lift up the name of Jesus and receive the word of God would you set your Bibles down and one more time raise your hands lift your voice and would you ask the Spirit of the Living God to speak to you tonight Heavenly Father thank you so much for this atmosphere of praise thank you Lord for these great young people and youth pastors and pastors and leaders that are here tonight we are gathered in your name and humbly submit ourselves to your word I'm asking that you would please speak to us open up our hearts to receive it and not just be hearers but doers of the word thank you for what you're about to do in the lives of thousands of young people tonight i give you honor and i give you praise in jesus name we pray hallelujah i want to preach from this subject tonight hold on to your fork hold on to your fork i want you to turn to three people before you're seated and tell them hold on to your fork Every student I know wants a life of purpose. They want a life of success, happiness. I've never met a student who wants their eulogy at their funeral to be, you know, this guy did absolutely nothing with their life. Nobody wants to have a blank epitaph on their headstone. We want to have a life that has meaning, that has purpose. We want to know that we accomplished something with our lives, that we lived a better story. Moses tells us in Psalm chapter 90 that life on earth is brief. It's here today, it vanishes tomorrow. It's a vapor. In fact, you're not promised, and I'm not promised tomorrow. We're not even promised the very next moment. Job tells us that we're like a flower that buds forth and then it withers away. We're like a fleeting shadow, we do not always endure. Life is so swift to disappear. I think that's why the search for life is so popular. That's why many people have bucket lists. That's why many people uh, uh, try to accomplish all of their dreams and try to set out to accomplish and pursue and experience as much life as possible. That's why there's hundreds of bestseller books and podcasts like 10 ways to start living the life you've always wanted or a better life now. Because we're all on a quest for a better life. Songs have been written about it. Millions of students scrolling through social media posts wishing that their life was better like the ones they see online. But you know what well, I've found that that earthly life that we live in while it is real and tangible it is also temporary it is temporal it it doesn't and it won't last long i hate to tell you this tonight but eventually the dog dies do we have any dog lovers in the house we have any cat lovers in the house the altar's open come now the altar is open for you just want to set that up right there the dog eventually dies or the cat eventually dies the money gets spent the refrigerator quits working, friends move away, the body changes, it gets old, the responsibilities change, the car rusts, on and on our life decays. And there's no greater testament to this than our phones, anybody got their phones with you? Now I think it's awesome, I was around when iPhone first came out and all this great technology that we had, but this awesome technology, it lasts Maybe 12 months, maybe 24 months before you got to upgrade, before you got to get something new, it's time for an upgrade on it. It seems like everything around us, including our own lives, are in a state of decay and demise. It seems like things are so brief. And so we're grasping, and we're reaching, and we're pursuing, and we're tasting, and we're experiencing, and we're looking for something that adds value. and meaning to our lives we hang around people that hopefully will give us value that makes us feel good that that props us and and compliments us and helps us to feel like we're doing something of value can I tell you here that God has good thoughts towards his people he's got good thoughts towards humanity in fact Ever since the beginning of time God has been interested in giving mankind life. He's the one that breathed into man and He gave man a living soul. Genesis 2 9 says and out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. He literally made a tree and He called it the tree of life because he wants us to have life. He wants us to enjoy and have pleasure and to experience life the way that he designed and created it. He didn't, also, he didn't just create the tree of life but he also created the tree of knowledge of good and evil because he doesn't want a bunch of robots that serve him. He doesn't want to just have people forced to love him. He Wants people of a willing heart like a bunch of young people I saw tonight with their hands lifted up not because somebody made you do it but because you wanted to do it he wanted people that will sing and lift up their voice in unity not because somebody was making you sing but because you love to praise the Lord and God enjoys that God wants you to experience life my question is this all the way in the beginning why didn't Adam and Eve immediately reach for the tree of life why didn't they reach out and grab hold of it I don't know I think maybe they took what they had for granted a little bit we all do it or maybe they were too busy to think about it but whatever the reason they never ate from the tree of life God was interested in sustaining their life and moving them forward, but they never ate of that tree of life, but they did eat of the tree they weren't supposed to eat. And so Eve was deceived into believing that she could be her own God, and Adam, like any guy, just wanted to be with the girl, and so Adam grew silent and didn't stand up for what he knew the truth to be and so Adam disobeyed, Eve was deceived Both of them forfeited their right to eat from the tree of life. They're driven from the garden lest they should eat of that tree of life and become immortal beings in their sinful condition. And God commissions the tree of life to be guarded by two angels and a flaming sword in front of them to deprive man of the possibility of making himself immortal while sinful. That was a blessing from God to the human race Because to live forever, immortality apart from God is a curse rather than a blessing. Can I just deviate a little bit to tell you that's what hell is going to be hell is going to be complete separation from hope and joy and peace and love from God and God said I don't want my people to experience that I don't want them so he cut them off from the tree of life so that he could work out his plan that he had since the beginning of time Adam and Eve disobeyed God they wanted life on their terms they wanted the burden King life, have it your way. That's what they wanted. I remember whenever I was graduating Bible college, I was in my last year, and I had a bunch of friends that were around me, and they were all talking about what they were going to do, where they were going to go, and they had opportunities here and opportunities there. And uh, they started asking me, Aaron, what are you doing? Because word had got around, I know this may be news to everyone here, except for the few people at Bible college that I was with, but word got around that I was the The UPC Pentecostal poster child. This is it. I know, I felt the same way that you did. I said, no. But you know, the more that I heard that, then the more I started to think, you know what? I mean, humbly speaking, I do have it together. And so, but you know, I went into prayer, and I said, all right, Lord, here I am, your humble poster child. It's a rough job, but somebody has to do it. So Lord, what big opportunity do you have for me? Where are you going to send me? What grand thing have you prepared for my life? And I went into the prayer room, because that's a good place to find out your destiny and your purpose. I went into the prayer room, and I fasted, and I prayed. And I did hear a word from the Lord. And I was strongly impressed from His Spirit. And here is what God told me. God told me, son, I want you, mm, if I had a drum roll right now, he said, I want you to go back home. I'm sorry, what? You're talking about my home now, you may not know where I was born, I was born and raised in Dupo, Illinois, loved it, have a lot of appreciation for it, it's about as small as its name, they tried to get a McDonald's and Taco Bell in this little town, and they voted it out, because there's a little greasy spoon spot that's in there, who's the police chief's wife owns, and they wanted to keep that, it's still there to this day, babe do I go by and I grab little cheeseburgers from this little joint, but they kept everything out, because they want to keep this town really tiny and really small, I mean, and and there was nothing in this town going on, and my dad and mom were pastoring in this church, and I said, God surely I didn't hear right from you surely you're not asking me to go home because that's not what I want I don't know if, if, if I don't know if you heard me correctly but th- I've got other plans I've got other things that I'd like to do so I'm just waiting for the big thing and I kept going back to God and, and that's what I kept hearing I was sitting in the room one day with a good friend of mine and he was trying to be nice and trying to and be hopeful for me and I told him exactly I told him exactly what the Lord had told me what he wanted me to do and he said Aaron he said man He said, that's it? He's like, I really think you got other opportunities out there for you. I know. I'm as shocked as you are. I mean, I don't know who God thinks he's working with here, but I don't know if he's heard everybody else that's been talking about, but I'm somebody. At least I thought so. And now God's telling me, no, I just want you to go home. You're going to serve the church. You're going to serve your mom and dad. And that's where I want you. So I got in my car and I went home because it's really good whenever you feel like you've heard from the Lord, like you've got a word, to get apostolic spiritual counsel in your life. And I'm very thankful that I had a pastor who also happened to be my dad. So I got a double whammy right there. So I'm gonna go talk to my pastor and I'm gonna go talk to my dad. And I was thankful for that, so I said, he'll know the answer. And so I drove and I went there thinking that perhaps dad would say, no, Aaron, don't come here. This is too small for you. There is a bigger stage and platform that God has for you. This is too small. And so I, I remember uh, whenever I drove all the way there and I, I walked up into his bedroom. We sat down and we started talking. I just poured out my heart. And he, I, he said everything that God said and nothing that I wanted him to say. I was so mad. I was so angry. I got in my little 1998 red car that I had, my little Grand Prix that I had. It was a chick magnet, I'm telling you. I got in that car. I was so frustrated. I started driving down 270 on my way back to Gateway College of Evangelism, and hot tears were just streaming down my face because I was so mad. I was beating the steering wheel. This is. I've been. I've been changed. I want you to know. I'm not like this anymore. But that's how I was. I was beating the steering wheel. I was so angry and I couldn't even see the road I pulled over to the shoulder and I just put it in the park and then God and I had a discussion it was more like me yelling at him but I had a discussion I God you don't know what you're doing and why are you asking me to go back and I don't understand it and I I don't know why I don't have any opportunities and nobody's calling me and nobody, I know I'm throwing this big tantrum, I'm throwing this big fit, I'm crying, I get everything out until I am exhausted, I am just completely depleted, I am just tired and worn out and I sit there, I've got nothing left to say, I have no more tears left to cry and I'm just sitting there knowing I have to go back to college, i got to talk to my friends, i got to let them know all I'm doing is I'm going back home and I'm helping dad out, that's what I'm going to do because I don't know where else so I'm going and it, I know I had the Holy Ghost inside, Brother Gaddy, I know that but it was as if Jesus Himself came in and sat down beside me in that car and I felt His presence and I knew it was Him and I said, alright Lord, I'm ready speak to me and the Lord gave me two verses of Scripture I didn't have my Bible with me one of them I knew Jeremiah 29 11 that I just read to you tonight, the second I didn't really know what it was, I had to go look it back up, but the second scripture he gave me was Psalm 127 and verse 1, my other life First. because here's what it says, except the Lord build the house. They labor in vain that build it except the Lord keep the city the watchman waketh but in vain it is vain for you to rise up early or to go to bed late eating the bread of sorrow because God has a plan for you God has greater things for you I wiped those tears from my eyes I put my car back in drive and I drove back off to college and I said Lord I'm going to do your will I'm going to go back home I'm going to do what you want and let me tell you, I worked there for a year for my dad just to kind of let you know I worked there for a year uh, for my dad I got to end up marrying my college sweetheart that's right here and then the pastor called from Fort Lauderdale Florida and said hey I've heard about your son I'd like for him to come be a youth pastor and the rest is history I got beautiful kids and God's still working in our lives and moving us forward but I'm here to tell you I know that some of you are going yeah that's great Aaron I'm glad that you're talking about that but I'm not even near college I, I'm not even there what I'm telling you is sometimes the things that God has Plan for you, you can't really see in the moment, it's not just right now, and so sometimes you got to put faith and trust in God that He is working it out because He's got thoughts of peace, He's got good things that He wants to do in your life. He's got better things for you, and sometimes you can come to a youth convention like this and it seems like everybody's got good things going on, and this youth group has good things going on, and this young lady looks like she's got it all together, and this young man looks like he's got it all together, but you don't really know what's going on the inside of their home and their heart, but if you'll just trust God, baby, God will take care of you. He will come through at the right time, in the right place, with the right People, but you got to trust God. It was in 19. You may be seated. It was in 1982. It was a huge game that was going on—a football game at Badger Stadium in 1982 in Madison, Wisconsin. 60,000 fans were in attendance, but their home team was losing, and so you would think that the crowd would just be booing or in silence. But out of the blue, during timeouts, when the play was at a stop, the fans would jump up and roar with excitement. Why on earth would they do that? Because many of those 60,000 fans in that stadium, they were listening to a game broadcast on the radio from 70 miles down the road. They were listening to the Milwaukee Brewers beating the St. Louis Cardinals in game three of the 1982 World Series. So even though they were losing in the home team and on the field, they were listening to something else 70 miles down the road and they were cheering every time time their team was winning now i just got to do a side note and let you know that the cardinals did win the world series in 1982 just wanted to let you know that throw that in there but that, that audience started shouting and started cheering why it doesn't look like you're winning and it doesn't look like it's all going good for you but they heard a word from a distance they heard a word of something good that was coming down the road they heard a word of something that was just a little bit farther off I know that some of you were up here worshiping and dancing and some of you were sitting and maybe some of you were thinking why are they dancing like that and why are they worshiping like that and why are they praising like that They're life isn't together and they got problems that's going on in their life but let me tell you we hear another word from heaven we hear that God is doing something new and something great and something well I hear the spirit say I have just begun I am just starting to do something don't count God out just yet don't count out God just yet Some of you are being, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost sitting here tonight. Some of you are being sold a bill of goods. The devil has lied to you and told you that your life is over and through. It blows my mind because I look at my teenagers, I look at them, 13 or 12, 14 and 16, I look at them and I wish that I was back then sometimes, sometimes I don't. But sometimes I wish I had a redo and I could go back again for when I was young and not 41 years old out of breath. Sometimes I wish I could go back to the energy and the spunk that sometimes young people have and go back and look, but I'm just here to tell you some of you have been listening to the wrong voice in your life and you think that it's all done and it's all over and you look in the mirror and it's not who you expected and not who you thought you would be and you have counted yourself out and the devil has whispered and put lie upon lie and he has convinced you. I feel the Holy Ghost sitting here tonight talking to somebody. Some of you have had thoughts of suicide and thoughts of giving up and thoughts of walking away from the church. And thoughts of giving up on your youth group. And thoughts of setting a meeting up with your pastor. and Telling your pastor I'm done and I'm through. But I'm here to tell somebody in the Holy Ghost that God is just beginning. And God is just starting with you. Don't give up now. Don't turn around now. You've come too far. You need to stay with it in Jesus' name. Hatorabo shata the devil is a liar i said he's a liar and i've come to expose every lie that he's told every young man and every young lady in this place he is a liar and the father of lies and there is no truth in him he has convinced you that you're not a child of god he's convinced you that you'll never be better he's convinced you that there's not a ministry for you i'm here to tell you the devil is a liar Hey, I said he's a liar. I wish you'd tell somebody and remind him the devil's a liar. Yeah, the devil's a liar. He comes as an angel of light, paints himself up real pretty. He pretends like he's got it all together. He'll sound like it's the voice of God. That's why you need your pastor. That's why you need your Bible. That's why you need a prayer room. So you can discern between the voice of God and the voice of the enemy. And you don't have to wait till you're 20, 30, 40, or 50 to know the voice of God. I feel the Holy Ghost on me right now some of you you don't need to wait I thank God I pastor a church but you don't need to wait for your pastor to tell you what the Word of God is you need to get it through the Word of God yourself and then let your pastor confirm what God has been speaking or let you know that it's not right but you can hear from God you've been listening to the wrong voices you've been listening to all the other voices This is why you're confused. I know this isn't for everybody, but you you need to pray with me. If this isn't for you, and you're clear on who you are in Christ, and and God's got His plan and hand on you, and you know, and, and you're set, and you're settled, that's fine. But there's a lot of people, Brother Jackson, that aren't settled. Yeah, put your hair up, put your tie on, but I can see you in the Holy Ghost. You're not settled. I said you're not settled. And at the first sign of trouble, at the first sign of the sniff of divorce in your home, at the first sign of a bad grade, at the first sign of a friend walking away from you, you're about to give up on everything that God has placed and instilled on the inside of you because you're listening to the wrong voices. But I have come to sound a bell. I have come to shout it from the rooftops. I've come to preach a truth that will set you free. And that is God is not done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. I wish you'd turn to somebody and tell him he's not done with you yet. I was 13 years old my dad got a friend from from Wisconsin, one of his best friends at that time, called him up and said, hey, I want Aaron Batchelor to come, I want your son to come up and I want him to preach a revival for me. I'm 13 years old. I had three sermons, repentance, baptism in Jesus' name, can you guess the third one? Infilling of the Holy Ghost. Yeah, that was my three, ser- my three sermons. I went up there. It was terrible. The messages were awful. It was horrible. Let me tell you, let me give somebody hope. Maybe at this little TMI, but I feel comfortable in Arkansas. I feel at home. Let me tell you about this preacher. Man, you see this preacher up here behind a mic, and maybe some of you, maybe just a couple of you are like, man, I'd love to have a mic and preach to a thousand people like that one day. I'd love to get up there and preach. Let me tell you where it started for me whenever I got up behind my dad's pulpit, but I couldn't see over it because I was too short. Here's the pulpit. Here's me. So dad had to take one of those choir stands, the ones that go up and down. And he pushed it all the way down, and I had to get behind there. This is me. Yeah, it was about like that. And if anybody was a little bit taller, you couldn't even see my head. It was just like that. And I preached my message at 11 years old. I preached my very first message to my home church. And I'm just going to be honest with you. I wet my pants. Yeah, I felt like I'm a few years from that because I'm 41 now. I can let people know that now. I was not just sweating. I was wedding. And it was it was rough. I didn't just jump up one day, grab a microphone, and start preaching like I'm preaching tonight, and I got a long way to go. I didn't just jump up and say, My God, I've got a scripture for somebody, stand up on it. No, I stood up there and I preached a little message, didn't even make a lick of sense, Wet my pants, walked upstairs and cried about it. And if I could have given up then, I would have. But thank God I had somebody speaking into my ear and I had some preachers that say, son, God isn't done with you yet. You may have made a few mistakes. I know it doesn't look like it right now, but you got to hold on. I'm trying to get a hold of some young lady and some young man. You want to be a worship leader? You want to be a missionary? You want to be a pastor? You want to play in a church? You want to live for God? Don't give up now. I wish you'd throw your hands up in the sky right now in the face of everything that you feel and say, God, I believe that you're not done with me yet. Come on, that's it. Lift up your voice right now. God, you're not done with me yet. You're not through with me yet. You're just beginning. God's just beginning with you. Turn to somebody and say, God's just beginning with you. You can be seated. God's just beginning with you. You got to start listening to the voice of heaven. You got to start listening to his spirit. Sometimes you got to turn off all the other voices. I'm not here to demonize all the other voices in your life, but sometimes you need to turn that off and you need to turn on the voice of heaven. God what are you saying to me? Sometimes it's taking one verse of scripture and letting that be your verse for the week. The weapons of my warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. My goodness, if you can't memorize long verses, take it John 11:32. Jesus wept. Come on, some of you cried yourself to sleep. You wouldn't tell it. You you wouldn't let people know. But some of you have shed some tears. You've been frustrated. You've been angry. You've been embarrassed by the things that you have done. And sometimes it's good to know that Jesus was just as human as we are. And that Jesus could feel emotions and sorrow. And Jesus could feel loss. And he could feel lack of faith. And Jesus wept. Sometimes it's just good. All I'm telling you is just get a verse in your scripture, in your mind, in your heart. And take that through the week. And let that be your verse for the week. But my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory he's going to take care of me the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church and that's me I want somebody to rise up in Jesus' name leaving this holiday youth convention and letting the enemy know I'm in it for the long haul. I'm settled that I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I am settled. I'm going to be immovable. I'm always going to be abounding in the work of the Lord. I'm going to get better. I may have made some mistakes, but I'm going to get better. And I'm going to submit to my pastor, my leadership, my parents, and I'm going to do what God's telling me to do. But I will not give up. Clap your hands unto the Lord right now, if you love Him tonight.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. There's some of you right now tonight, I can feel it in this, in, this, in this room. There's some of you young people right now, you've been so depressed because it seems like people are outpacing you. And out ministering you and outdoing you. And you've been judging yourself by the Instagram photos and the TikToks and the social media. And just hanging out with them. And you're judging yourself based on what their performance is and what they have done. But God doesn't look on the outward appearance like we do. That is immaterial. That's the cheap part of it. But God looks at the heart. He looks on the inside. You really want God to raise you up? Are you ready for it? Here's the key. You guys ready for God to raise you up and God to use you and you to get God's attention? Are you ready? How many really want to get God's attention? i do i want god's attention i want god to smile on my life i want god to see me i want him to notice me i pray it every day god use me don't give up on me i want you to use me for your kingdom and for your purpose then my bible says humble yourself under the mighty hand of god that he may exalt you in due time It may not be my time yet, but my due time is coming. My due time is coming. I got a due time. I got a due time. So until that due time comes, I'm going to humble myself in fasting. I'm going to humble myself in prayer. I'm going to humble myself in serving. I'm going to humble myself by loving because one of these days God is going to elevate. Yeah, God's going to lift me up. Why don't you grab that fork. Get that fork out wherever you got that fork. Hold on to your fork, (laughs) hold on to that fork. So there was a woman, and this woman, uh, she's very sick, there's no cure for what ailed her. Doctors have checked her out, she'd gone through every medicine and surgery available to her, but she knew she was going to die, and it wasn't very long now. However, she was a woman of faith, she was a believer, so she had no fear. She knew that whether God healed me here or whether God healed me there, either way I'm going to be with Him, and it's going to be all right. So she called her pastor in. She said, Pastor, she said, I I want you to do the funeral. I want you to do the eulogy, and I want you to do the message. Here's the songs that I would like sung. Here's the things that I would like. And she set up her whole funeral. And uh, she said, I want people to rejoice in the goodness of God. And I'm not afraid, Pastor, because God's got my life. I've lived for Him all these years. I know that God's going to take care of me. And so they talked through all the arrangements and they got everything set up. And after they got everything set up, the pastor was saying a farewell. And after he had prayed with her, he began to walk out of the room. And then she remembered. She said, oh, wait, pastor, one more thing I almost forgot. She said, whenever I'm laying in that casket and they put me under, she said, I want you to take a fork and I want you to put it in my right hand and put it in the casket with me when I'm in there and uh it puzzled the pastor and he got a funny look on his face and so he didn't know really how to respond to that and so she said that probably shocks you doesn't it and the pastor said well yeah i've never heard such a strange request like that before why would you want a fork in your hand whenever you're in your casket and we bury you why would you want something like that and she said the reason that i want you to bury with my fork is because said some of my most favorite times that I ever had was whenever I would be at the church and they'd have potlucks and they'd have meals and we'd get to fellowship together and I'd get to eat and I always enjoyed spending time with people around me and eating with them. But she said the most special moment about it was whenever the meal was finished and completed and it was all done and they'd come by and they'd take my plate and they'd take all of my trash and they'd move that away from me but then they'd lean down and they'd whisper to me, hold on to your fork. And she said, I get so excited when they'd say, hold on to your fork, because she said, I knew dessert was coming. She said, I knew ice cream was coming. I knew chocolate cake was coming. I knew pie. She said, it wasn't gonna be something that was insignificant like a jello or, or something pudding. She said, I knew it was gonna be something rich and delicious, something so sweet and wonderful and savory. And so she said, I always loved it whenever they would say, Hold on to your fork because something better was coming. So she said, Pastor, whenever I get buried, she says, I want you to take my fork and bury it with me. And when people walk by my casket and they look in and say, why is sis holding a fork in her hand? She says, "Then I want you to get up and let them know. Don't worry about her because something better is coming for her. What I felt in the Holy Ghost to tell some of you young people is to grab hold of your fork because something better is coming for you. I said something better is coming for you. This is not the end. This is just a course that you had to go through. It's just a test that you had to pass. This is just a day you had to live through. I know this year may not have turned out the way that you wanted to, but hold on to your fork because something better and something good is coming from God I wish somebody would hear me tonight because God is about to open up the windows of heaven over your life and do something that's about to blow your mind. But you got to trust Him. You got to hold on to Him, sister. You got to hold on to Him, brother. God is not done. Some of you had some pain in your life, you had some sorrow in your life, some of you had some people that you lost in your life, but you need to hold on to your fork because something better is coming. Come on, some of you, it's bigger than you. Your church suffered some pain. Your youth group went through some some trouble. Your leadership went through some problems. But something better is coming for you. You need to hold on to your... (laughs) Jesus is sitting at the Last Supper and he's eating that with them and he he, he breaks the bread and he gives out the wine and they start taking communion together and Jesus lets them know one more thing before they leave that night to go up to the Garden of Gethsemane. He says, one day boys, I'm going to eat this with you again. One day in the new kingdom, I'm going to come back. So boys, hold on to your forks. Hold on to your forks. Hold on to your forks because one day I'm going to eat this with you again. Young people, hold on to your forks because one day he's coming again. I know you don't see him right now, but one day you're going to see him split the sky and he's coming back again. I'm telling you, hold on to your forks. It's just the beginning of what God is doing. You better hold on. Stay standing with me. Musicians, please come. Raise up that fork right now and hold on to it. You need to hold on to your fork, brother. Hold on. Some of you got a callings on your life that have not yet been fully realized. And in this youth convention right here, God is not looking for that entire calling to be fulfilled in the next couple of days. You need to relax a little bit and put some faith in Him. You need to go back to trusting God and saying, God, I'm holding on to Your Word. I'm holding on to my faith. I'm holding on to you because I know that you're able and I know that you're not done yet. You're not done yet. Now I know that whenever you get up to your rooms tonight, I know that you may not be alone because we're all crammed in there like sardines. And I know you may not be able to get down on your knees and just cry out all of your heart like the way that you want to but for the next few moments here tonight, in this altar, you've got time and a place to pour it all down. I'm telling you, I have come with such hope in my spirit but I have also come to stand up against the enemy of your soul that has lied to you and deceived you. I'm not going to see another young person, if I can help it, walk away from God. Not in Arkansas. My goodness, I'm going to do everything I can. Your leadership is doing everything they can. Your youth pastors and pastors are doing everything they can. I'm just linking my arms with them. We're not going to see another young person walk away because they think their life is over, because they think it's all done. Don't give up yet. You need to hold on because God is not finished with You yet? Hold on. I know you made some mistakes. I know you slept around and you shouldn't have. That is not the unpardonable sin. There are consequences. It's devious. It's horrible. But I know a God who can forgive. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, Brother Gaddy. I know. Listen, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I know maybe there's some of us that think that God only uses the perfect ones, that maybe God only uses the shiny new ones. Now, nah, God uses the ones that gossip when they humble and repent and turn back to Him. God uses the proud whenever they'll humble themselves and turn back to Him. Sometimes it's not about being perfect, it's just not about giving up. God, I'm coming back to you. And some of you, oh, I feel in the Holy Ghost right now, you need to make your way down while everybody else is. Nobody knows what's going on in your life right now, but you need to make your way down to the front of this place, and you need to pour some things out before God. Here's some things that you need to repent of. You need to turn back. You've been holding on to it because you think God doesn't want anything to do with you anymore. But I'm here to tell you as a minister of the Holy Ghost that God is not through with you yet. He's not finished with you yet, young lady. I know you got yourself all dialed up tonight, and I know that maybe you're trying to catch some guy's attention. Hey, it's not always a bad thing unless you're my daughters, then it is a bad thing. But God has His eye on you, sweetie. Yeah. He's been looking at you. He's been waiting for you to trust Him again. He's been waiting for you. You've been so hurt and broken inside and afraid of what people might think if they truly discovered the real you. But let me tell you, God doesn't walk away like that. You know why I preach to you to hold on? Because God is still holding on to you. I can preach that way because God held me in my darkest hours. God held me in the weakest moments. God held me whenever I felt like I had failed everyone and everything around me. But God was holding on to me. And I discovered that God doesn't give up easy. And God doesn't let go. If you'll just turn to him, baby, I'll tell you that God still has a purpose and a plan for you. And I wonder if there's anybody that would get real right now and lift up your hands and your voice right now. Shut your eyes and close out everybody else around you and I wonder if you'd pour your heart out before God in this place right now I wonder if you'd let him know and say God I'm still holding on come on some of you thought about walking out of church but you need to resolve in your mind right now God I'm not giving up on this youth group I'm not giving up on my church I'm not walking out now God you got something better for me you got something greater for me Come on, you got to get serious because the enemy has been trying to kill and steal and destroy your joy and destroy your faith. But you got to get serious about it tonight and say, no, I choose to hold on. Something better's coming. God's not done with me yet. I just had to pass a test. I just had to go through some things, but God's not done with me yet. My family may not be perfect, but God's not done with me yet. Come on, lift your voice. God sees you right where you're at. Come on, you gotta want it. You gotta cry out for it. You gotta ask Him and say, God help me. I can't do this on my own. I can't do this on my own. Come on, in the name of Jesus. I take authority over every wicked spirit, every demonic voice of depression and fear that has plagued the the minds and the ears of these young people in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak faith right now. I speak hope right now. I speak joy right now. I speak love right now in Jesus. Come on, that's it. Lift your voice. Lift your voice. Come on, nobody else around you, it's just you and Jesus. Come on, baby, there's nobody else but you and God. Come on, young man, hold on. Don't give up now.
1: Come on, you and the aisle, lift
0: up your voice, I'm going to be settled, I'm going to hold on. I'm not giving up now. I'm not turning around now. We'll prosper, still a
1: strong tower, still a strong tower. My Come on, Lord, he's got a call on your life. He's got a ministry a on your life.
0: let that sound up right now let that sound up right now God I'm not turning back I'm not giving up Oh, that's it. I feel the Holy Ghost moving in this place right now. If you can, I need you to hear me just for a moment. There's a reason why the Holy Ghost wanted me to speak to you tonight and let you know because there's other things that God wants to tell you at this holiday youth convention, but you can't receive it if you don't believe that God loves you and has better things for you. You can't receive it, we can't move past because you'll shout, you'll jump, you'll wave your hands and say yes, but if at your core you don't believe that God has something better for you and hold on to His promises and hold on to His Word, you can't receive the other things that God wants to give to you. He's got better things than you can even imagine. He's got greater things than you can even imagine. I don't know why I'm saying this right now, and, and you talk to your youth pastor, talk to your pastor. All right, I'm just the guest preacher that's coming in. So you need to honor their authority and listen to them what they say. But if there's someone here, don't raise your hand, don't nod, don't look around. But if there's someone here who's been cutting themselves, you've been hurting yourself. Listen, I want to let you know tonight that there was one that was already bruised for you. There was one that already was cut for you. He's got something better for you, baby. He's got something better for you. You just gotta hold on. And sometimes, whenever you're not at a holiday youth convention, maybe it's just you eating at the lunchroom, at school, maybe it's at the dinner table at home. Every time you pick up that fork, I want you to remember, God, you've got something better for me. <laughs> you're not done with me yet. Every time the devil tries to lie to you and tell you you're not worth it, that you're too ugly, that you'll never be anything, that you've messed up too much, nah, God's got something better for me. God's got something greater for me. His grace is greater. Where sin did abound, grace does much more abound. He's got something better for me. But I need us to do something else right now. I hope this is all right. You come grab the mic, Brother Jackson, if you need to. I'll submit to your authority. But we need to do something else right now. Because you are not alone in this. You need to believe it at the core of your spirit that God is not through and finished with you yet. But you are not the only one that believes that. You're not the only one. That's why they put this youth convention together. That's why they practiced their songs. That's why they got this all together. Was well, because they believe that God has something better for you. That's why your youth pastor does it. He doesn't do it for the money. He does it because he believes that God has something better for you. And I know sometimes, oh, I'm not even going down that, your pastor is there because he believes that God has something better for you. So here's what I want us to do right now. You need to believe it at your core, but you also need to know that you're not alone in this. So I need brothers to link up with brothers. I need sisters to link up with sisters. But I don't want you to pray just yet. Don't pray. Don't pray. Just link up. All over, if you would, just wherever you're at, in the aisles, in the pews, up here at the front, just link up. Guys with guys, girls with girls, just link up right now. Don't pray just yet. Because here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray a prayer of faith together. We're all going to pray together. And then we are going to give an uproarious shout of praise to God a confirmation to Him that we're still holding on to truth. We're still holding on to His Word. We're still holding on to faith. We're still holding on to Him. We're going to lift up such a victorious faith and we're going to let the enemy of our soul know that we're not going anywhere no matter what He shoots at us, what He does to us, what He says to us. He is a liar. But we're in this for the long haul because the Bible says, He that endures to the end shall be saved you're going to make it to the end I said you're going to make it to the end are you going to make by his help by his grace are you going to make it to the end you're not giving up right now you're not turning in the towel you're not going to give up in this moment right now you're going to hold on to what God has for you so I want you to turn to somebody and tell them I'm going to still hold on all right we're going to pray together and whenever we shout hallelujah whenever you hear that word hallelujah i want you to shout Lift up your voice. I know you got lung capacity, but this goes beyond just lung capacity. I need some soul capacity. I'm talking about the soul that has put their faith in God, that has anchored themselves down in his word, that says, I'm not giving up. I'm not going anywhere. I'm holding on to this thing. I need that soul to shout out hallelujah with me in just a moment. Are you ready? I want you to link up. Close your eyes. Let's pray together right now in the precious name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, I thank you for these young people. I thank you that you have uniquely joined us together in this moment at this holiday youth convention. I thank you that you're not done with us. I thank you that you're still working on us. I thank you, God, because better things have yet to come. I thank you that the enemy is under our feet, that the devil is a liar, but you are true, that your word remains, and we have faith in you tonight. I thank you that there's young people here that are not going to give up, they're not going to turn around. I thank you that you got better things in store for them. So right now by the power in the name of Jesus, by the authority of the word of God, I release faith into their spirits. I release joy back into their hearts. I release healing back into their souls. I release renewing into their minds in the precious name of Jesus. Now shout hallelujah! Shout hallelujah! Even Never the same not again!
1: See, Even when I don't feel it's your are